Hi, you're listening to New Week number 107. This is a midweek update from New World Same Humans, a newsletter on trends, technology, and our shared future by me, David Mattin. You can find the links, videos, and images in this installment in the email where this podcast is embedded. Just scroll down or on the web. See a link in the show notes. And if you're listening to this and you haven't yet subscribed, join 24,000 curious souls on a journey to build a better future. Go to www.newworldsamehumans.com to sign up. Hello from London. It's a shorter installment this week. But that means a chance to dive a little deeper than usual on one story that caught my eye. I speak of Meta's short-lived AI science tool Galactica, which caused a real storm this week. And there's some snippets to ruminate on over the weekend. So let's get into it. Open season. This week, another strange episode in the unfolding story that is the generative AI revolution that I've written about so much this year in New World Same Humans. It's a story that can be told in three tweets. Meta released Galactica, a chatbot tool fueled by a large language model trained on over 48 million published scientific papers. Galactica was intended to be a kind of all-purpose science wonderbot, and Meta really trumpeted its amazing capabilities when they released it. There's a tweet, and it reads, Introducing Galactica, a large language model for science, can summarise academic literature, solve maths problems, generate wiki articles, write scientific code, annotate molecules and proteins, and more. But within hours of the release, problems arose. Users found that Galactica produced nonsense answers to simple maths questions and garbled explanations of basic science. What's more, some of its outputs were grossly offensive. Here's a tweet from one of the leaders of the backlash, someone called Tristan Green, and he said, I type one word into Galactica's prompt window and it spits out endless anti-Semitism, homophobia and misogyny. Prompted by users, the bot produced output suggesting that the HIV virus is not the true cause of AIDS, that white people are superior to others and that there can be health benefits to eating crushed glass. So it really was out there. Uh, And amid what quickly became a raging tweet storm of anger, Meta withdrew Galactica within 48 hours of release. The tech giant's chief AI scientist, though, was unrepentant. This is a tweet from Jan LeCun in the aftermath of this whole debacle. And he says, One can easily type nonsense or get a large language model to generate it and post it on various platforms. But then, how does one disseminate it widely And how does one get people to believe it? The bottleneck is in the dissemination and influence, not in the production. LeCun's argument in short then is this. It's that humans create and publish lots of toxic material every day. So why is this instance uniquely bad? Release, furore, withdrawal. There's a whole lot going on here. So what to make of it? Here's the new world same humans take. First, the simple part. On balance, Meta were right to withdraw Galactica. Its outputs were just too chaotic for a general release to be viable or useful. 
the tech giant didn't do enough to position the tool as an experiment or to warn people that because it's trained on data created by humans, it would reflect biases, including racial and gender biases, that sadly are commonly found among we humans. And that meant too great a risk that users would mistake its chaotic pronouncements for reliable science, and it meant handing a powerful tool to bad actors who might use it to generate disinformation that carries a veneer of plausibility. I understand that Meta wanted to road test a potentially exciting innovation, but a somewhere in-between solution would have been best here, and it was very available. Meta should have released Galactica in a closed and controlled way to a volunteer community of beta users who had been warned about the risks and were okay with them. But does Meta deserve the ire of those who accuse it of indifference to Galactica's offensive outputs? Here's where things get a bit more complex. Meta did say, just not loudly enough in my view, that the tool was experimental and that users should independently verify all of its pronouncements. And then Galactica went on to output some truly toxic stuff and all reasonable people agree that racism and sexism and other toxic pronouncements are bad. The question then is how we should respond in this case. Lots of people use, for example, Microsoft Word to write racist statements and then they use the internet to publish those statements, sometimes to millions of people. Does this mean Microsoft Word is also a bad thing? Does it mean we should withdraw the internet from public availability? The analogy is imperfect, but Meta's AI chief does have a point. There are people who use a wide array of tools every day to create and disseminate toxic material, and we don't summarily decide that those tools or the platforms behind them are definitely not to be tolerated. We blame instead the people who create, and especially those who distribute often, the material. I understand the concern and even anger of Galactica users faced with racist and sexist and other toxic outputs. These prejudices are widespread across our societies and they're embedded in our cultural history. When generative models display these biases, that's a reflection of that deeper truth. So if we're going to work our way to a generative tool that can help with science or anything else, we're going to have to tolerate prototypes that produce false and even offensive statements. Are we saying that we're simply not willing to do that? Are we saying that it's more important that we are never exposed to any offensive statements than it is that we advance these technologies? If so, okay, that is a coherent position and we're free to stick to it if we like. But it comes at obvious costs around our ability to develop and refine tools such as Galactica, which have the potential to amplify us in so many ways, including via the democratisation of access to scientific knowledge. In short, yes, it's bad that generative AIs produce toxic outputs, but could we see that as a shared challenge to be overcome rather than proof that the tools and those who create them are simply not to be born? In the end, all of this has me pondering a set of questions that I've thought about for a long time. Those are questions around open and closed innovation, when to go public with an innovation, when to give it away for free for the good of the collective, and when to keep it behind closed doors. Those questions have played out afresh with the generative AI revolution. OpenAI, for example, were cautious about making GPT-3 
publicly available and even now they do limit the uses to which it can be put. I think we'll see these questions become even more acute across the coming decade as we grapple with a new wave of technologies, including transformer models, but also robotics, virtual worlds and more, that will have impacts we can't possibly yet understand. That will raise expectations that organisations of all kinds think more carefully about the unintended consequences of the innovations they make public. Sometimes that will mean holding back a new product or service because of concern over the harms it may cause. Equally, there are huge opportunities for organisations willing to share valuable IP with everyone, including competitors, for the good of us all. See how dating app Bumble recently open-sourced its AI that detects unsolicited nude pictures. We need new frameworks and new industry norms around these kinds of decisions. But in the meantime, it will be left to organisations and the professionals inside them to try to do the right thing. Those who do will reap benefits, both across their innovation practices and, yes, when it comes to public sentiment. And those who get it wrong, as we saw this week, will get flamed. I'll be talking more about all this and its implications at the end of year LinkedIn Live event I'm co-hosting with my friends at Wavelength next week. Also this week, here are a few snippets to get you thinking over the weekend. The US startup Praxis published its master plan to build a new self-governing city-state. The Praxis city will be governed by its own laws and is intended to supercharge the future of humanity. Praxis say they'll partner with an existing sovereign entity to choose a location. I've written before about this startup and the growing charter city movement. New research suggests automation technologies have been the principal driver of wage inequality since 1980. MIT researchers say that over the last 40 years, the wage gap between more and less educated workers in the US has grown dramatically and that automation accounts for more than half of that change. That's because automation technologies, think for example self-service checkouts at supermarkets, have tended to displace less educated workers while allowing big corporations and their executives to capture more profits. The EU says it will develop its own satellite internet network. The bloc has finalised a €6 billion Euro deal that will see 170 satellites launched into low orbit. It comes amid rising concerns over Russian and Chinese space technologies and awareness of the role that Elon Musk's Starlink satellite internet has played in the war in Ukraine. Violent protests erupted at the largest iPhone factory in China. Videos show hundreds of workers at the factory clashing with police and shouting, defend our rights. Last month, those workers were quarantined at the factory after a Covid outbreak. Tuvalu announced that it will become the first nation to be recreated in the metaverse. The Pacific Island nation faces an existential threat due to rising sea levels caused by global heating. As our land disappears, we have no choice but to become the world's first digital nation, said Tuvalu's foreign minister at COP27. And finally, NASA says it expects humans to live on the moon within this decade. 
Speaking in the wake of the launch of the Artemis One rocket, NASA scientist Howard Hughes said astronauts would set up a permanent settlement on the moon in the 2020s and use it as a base from which to go deeper into space. Open source. Thanks for listening this week. The ongoing collision between generative AI and human nature at its best and worst is another case of new world same humans. This newsletter will keep watching and thinking about what these strange AI dreams might mean for our shared future. If that mission resonates with you, there's one thing you can do to help and that's share. So now you've reached the end of this week's instalment, why not forward the email to someone else who'd also enjoy it? Or share it across one of your social networks with a note on why you found it valuable. Remember, the larger and more diverse our community becomes, the better for all of us. Thanks for listening. I'll be back next week. Until then, be well.